<laughs> Sir, the telephone. I'm afraid my protocols are being overridden. Uh, Mr. Stark, we need to talk. You have reached the life model decoy of Tony Stark. Please leave a message. This is urgent. Then leave it urgently. Security breach is on you. Mr. Stark. Bill, come in. Phil. I can't stay. Uh, his first name is Agent. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Dun, dun, dun. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we are going to talk about the long-awaited Avengers 2012, the first Avengers movie. We are here. We have made our way through all of phase one, which seems so minuscule now in hindsight. But yeah, this was at the time the biggest event you could possibly imagine. Honestly, it was so great watching this movie um, after just finishing Loki and uh, Black Widow because... Uh, just off the bat, like you can tell that the writers of both of those like really went back and looked at this movie in particular. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Nine years after this came out, it has just like had its renewed perspective. But I'm so happy that it did. It it holds up. This movie so much, holds up. so much. Uh, and you know, you can make your arguments about like Joss Whedon's writing, maybe some of the CGI, some of the quippy one-liners, but. Overall, I'm here for all of the one-liners like, in this movie. For sure. And it's mu- it's as much of a success now as it was when it came out, which is really saying something. Obviously, there is a lot to talk about in this one. I have like two pages of notes. Normally, I have like maybe a page. Two and a half hours, and they cram in more than you would believe. Like thinking about this movie versus like Justice League. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Different level. Like, it's insane. And to be fair, like, Justice League, they hadn't introduced, like, half the characters that they had for Justice League, but they reintroduced, like, three characters right. in this. And it's it's done in a way that you can follow this not having watched the other scene. You, know, you might miss a bit. The Thor stuff would be tough. Yeah, that's probably the main drawback, but shall we start from the top? Sure. Uh, my first note was that I forget that this movie starts with that scene where Loki is talking to, quote-unquote, the other, what's his, like, underling, and they're talking about the scepter and the Chitari and stuff. Um, I'd always just remembered it starting right at the compound when everything goes haywire with the Tesseract, but I don't know why I always forget that. I've seen this movie, like, ten times. Why would Thanos give Loki an Infinity Stone? That is the question I mean, that remains, isn't it? I, I mean, is it, ob- is it like just that they hadn't started that whole Infinity Stone thing? I mean, yeah, I think the, the real explanation is that they just didn't know that the Scepter was an Infinity Stone when they wrote this, which I don't think, I think it was just a full retcon to have it be the Mind Stone. Uh, but if you try to create like an in-universe explanation, then I guess it's like Thanos knew that sending Loki on this mission with it, he would, he was going to be able to get it back no matter what. You can kind of assume that he was keeping track of where the Tesseract was. Well, yeah. Why? How was it awakened? Like, why did it all of a sudden be like, okay, ready to pounce? I don't know if we 
ever get an explanation. Because that's how they know that it's on Earth. It's because it's like making power waves. Yeah. I thought. It's just like spontaneous. I mean, as far as I know, they never really explain it. Okay. Because <laughs> I feel like at, at this point, like the nature of the Infinity Stones was not fully clarified. And, you know, they never fully state that the Tesseract is... Well, that's not true. But yeah, I think I, I just don't know if they ever bothered to clear up like how it functions because it doesn't really make any sense. Um, I had a sassy note that said, oh, yay, Robin's here as in Maria Hill. I had a note that said Molly's favorite character is here, you know, and she's still she's still around in universe. I will say she has her best moment in this like first scene, basically. And which one is that? Like when she goes and gets in the truck yes. against Loki and yeah. all of them. I mean, she escaped. Like that's saying something, you know. But then after that, she. I think I was trying to figure out during this movie why I just don't like her very much. And I think it's because she's like so boring and has like no real personality or sense of humor whatsoever. Yeah. There's just not like a lot going on. And She's I get just kind it. of like a straight laced shield. I, I don't know. It's just. It, I get it. You work with Nick Fury all the time. Like that's, that's a tough boss. But it offends me that she is still around and we have been deprived of Coulson interacting with the new generation well, of MCU heroes. None of now. them would have cared. They were like, oh, that sucks that an agent died. <laughs> but she's like just an agent. They're not, they're not doing any avenging on her behalf. <laughs> um, yeah, I just... She's kind of just a, a blank slate, which is a shame. And, you know, they've, they've had opportunities with uh, her return appearances. She was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, of course, she was in Spider-Man Far From Home. And it's just like, let's, let's give her a bit more color, please. Nope. <laughs> I mean, I hope that they can still turn it around. I'm, I'm guessing that she'll show up in the Secret Invasion show because well, Fury's the main character in that. Her as a scroll is more interesting than her as a real person. Correct. Um, there, I mean, as I just said, I like the one-liners that Joss Whedon puts in, and there are some good lines in here. Like, we get Nick Fury, like, right off the bat being, like... Um, until the world ends, we're going to act like it's going to As though it intends to spin on or something. Yeah. yeah. I was like, damn, that's a good <laughs> line. <laughs> they are good. I like, I have a balance where it's like, I like the lines and then you also have like all the characters and it's worse in Age of Ultron than this, but the characters being like Whedonized, which I think is way worse. Like in the second one with Cap, like being like language and stuff like that. Still not the end of the world, but I do think, like, the cleverness of the writing in this is a big strength overall. Yeah. And it feels, like, fresh. Yeah. It doesn't feel overdone at this point. Absolutely. Um, I like that Eric Selwyn is brought back for this movie, even though, like, I know he's, like, overtaken for most of it. But, Still. like, I think it's a good connection, too, to bring in, like, Thor's world yeah. with that. And, like, it makes sense, Yeah, too. it was cool. But I do wonder, like, when they were casting and kind of recruiting everybody for this, if Stellan Skarsgård was like, what? 
like you want me to be in this like i i feel like but he was already in like the most outlandish one with it being thor yeah you know? it makes sense i just think it's kind of funny it's like they brought him in, but not Natalie Portman. I think they would have loved to have Natalie Portman in. I just don't think she wanted to. I mean, I don't know where she was at at this I mean, point in the game. In Thor 2, but... Yeah. I mean, they are probably... By the time this came out, they were probably working on Thor 2, like, yeah. actively. So, I hadn't really thought about that. Um, Loki has this grand introduction when he comes out. The, the Tesseract turns on, and he's yeah. crouched on, like, this pedestal, basically... And he proceeds to wipe the floor with all of the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents in the room. And I'm like, this introduction rules. And like you said, watching this after watching Loki is great. But I'm like, how the fuck did Loki lose all of those fights in his show? When he comes in here, yeah. maybe it's, you know, you can kind of say, oh, well, maybe he doesn't well, have the scepter. he's got his scepter, But like, yeah. he's still like kicking everybody's ass. He's like punching people across the room. And then when he's fighting the uh, Sylvie enchanted people in that department store, they're basically just like humans and they are, <laughs> they're wiping the floor with him. Yeah, but he's like at his weakest, like at that point, he doesn't have any of his powers. I'm still like, come like, on, man. Like he does, but he does have his powers. Oh, by it there, yeah. And he uses it to uh, like pull a Roomba over and hit him over the head with it. I'm like, Loki, you're better than this. Um... He looks terrible, though. He's got, like, bags under his I, eyes and, like... Yeah. I think it's very much supposed to be, like... I think been there's unwell. been, like, some... Uh, I don't know if it's canon or not. I think it probably is, because I think Tom Hiddleston and Kevin Feige have commented on it. It's just, like, where he's been at between the end of Thor and now has just not been good. Yeah. Like, at all. He's been, like, kind of put through the, the ringer of space and fallen into kind of working with working for Thanos um yeah he looks like shit he looks like he has not slept in weeks I like that we never get the Tesseract powers again after this movie like that it's a portal basically like do we ever see it Thanos uses it oh. as a portal like you know um the one that I think of first is when at the beginning of Infinity War they blow up the Asgardian ship and then he like holds up the gauntlet and uses it and they like step backwards through a portal. That's the Tesseract. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, LOL at the Hulk reference. The, well, which one? The Gamma one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This was before Loki came in. Very cheeky. That, that, what is it? Fury's like, that can be dangerous <laughs> or harmful or something. In regards yeah, to the, it's yeah. just Gamma or whatever. <laughs> I love that. Um, but yeah, anyway, Loki's entrance, so like he, so much of that is what they use in Loki. Yeah. Like all of the, this one we get glorious purpose. And he also has that like line about freedom, which he talks a yeah. lot about in Loki. Yeah. And I didn't remember that it was like almost verbatim from this. Yeah. I mean, I knew the glorious purpose one, but the freedom, you know, and all the freedom? freedom from being free or, yeah. And like all of, um, like just the him enjoying the violence and killing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it really cuz like of course pre Loki we had gotten a lot of further development for him, but the way that it's very plainly stated in the show definitely makes if you haven't rewatched Avengers after watching Loki, like we definitely recommend it cuz it gives you another layer. 
More than, know. like, Thor, even. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah, it's just because, like, he's such a complex character, and when this came out, I don't think anybody expected to get, like, this nuanced view on the guy that's coming to wage war on Earth. So most of the early part of this movie is all recruitment. Uh, so we have Natasha going to get the Hulk. I jumped ahead a little bit, though. So I'm trying to remember. Uh, well, this is just like the epic scene of them like leaving and like yeah. the whole thing kind of just like going under. Yeah. And Nick Fury um, trying to stop Him them. Him and Coulson just watching in horror. I well, know no, that Nick Fury's an active member. It's here. true. He he escapes that helicopter crash with style. So yeah. props to him. Oh, so I guess we have uh, Natasha being interrogated. This I right? love this reintroduction Fant- of fantastic. Natasha. Yeah, like so much of that just encapsulates her character, and it's so clever how they do that. And of course, like when they bring it back later with Loki, it, it pays off in spades. It's just, it's so good. And it's so her. And um, I just really enjoy her character in this movie. And that, just like watching Loki, um, like you said, watching Black Widow, has just provided so much more context for where she's at. Yeah, they throw a lot in about, like, they just have these, like, little one liners that's supposed to, I think, just make intrigue about her background. And I guess... she started young. Yeah, like, I was that age, or, like... Yeah, obviously, we get the Loki scene, like, her him being, like... What's his name's daughter? And, like... Yeah, and, like, all that stuff with Clint, but... um, Oh, but I guess, like, somebody was starting to write the script, so I guess that's maybe, too. Like, they were kind of keeping all this in mind for a possible Black Widow. Yeah. But it's, of course, like... I would never argue that her character was always, like, for the limited amount of screen time that she had, like, very well-defined. And most of that comes from this. Like, you get a sense of why she's working with S.H.I.E.L.D. and what she did before S.H.I.E.L.D. and, like, why, you know, the, what she's trying to do with her life now. But seeing A little it, like, bit. Yeah. I, I think it's... They're still kind of figuring it out because, like... I guess we're supposed to understand that she just has, like, this moment where she decides to, like, join the team and actually, like, fight with them. But, like, it doesn't super feel earned because I always feel like she was already signed up to join. Like, she's been in it since Iron Man 2 now. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, like, but she's already on the team. Like, she helped recruit. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just didn't feel like a big deal, I That's guess. good point. It's a good point. And of course, like, they try to detail the relationship between Clint and Natasha. Well, and they want to tease it. Right. And I will say, like, it's believable, like, that they have a past based on what they present here. But it's still, like, a lot of telling and not showing. Yeah. And I'm kind of disappointed that they never... Show really They never rectified it. Like, they, they got a little bit in Black Widow, but it wasn't, like... And I I understand why they didn't, like, fully dive into it, because it was, like... I'm sure they thought about it when they were writing the script or storyboarding Black Widow, and it was like, well, this doesn't really make sense, or it's taking away from it being her movie, which I get. But now, especially that, you know, Natasha's story has concluded, and we have Hawkeye's story coming up, I'm like, I would have liked to see, like, 
a solid telling of that before they both like exit the MCU. But yeah, I guess I don't. I've never really felt like I needed that. But what I was gonna say um, that I feel like they were telling us and not showing us was that she's like not a good person or like she's a a cold-hearted spy and like we never see her loyalty waver from shield at this point basically you're right you're right so like i don't get like i think we're being told like oh you can't trust her and then she makes the decision like i'm gonna be part of this team and like forget about my past but like we don't know her past yeah there's Never a reason to not trust Black Widow through any of these movies. Like, yes, she kind of fucks with Stark, but, like, she was doing it on Nick's, Nick Fury's orders, so... She's always aligned with S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, she has always felt like a soldier, and, like, they were like, well, she's not. And I'm like, but she is. (laughs) You're just telling me this, and she's, like, the most loyal person. I guess the only argument that you could make is, like... She like double crosses in Civil War, but, like, right? That's years but that's after this. Yeah, like so they, much later. yeah, they hadn't demonstrated anything yet. So whatever. And I, I mean, I have this note later, but I'll just say it now while we're talking about her. I just like watching her interact with everybody. Yes. In this movie, and thinking about how she has like such a s- distinct relationship with everyone, except for Thor, I would say. Um, they, like, I don't even think they, they don't interact. interact. But um, like, you see her and Cap have a nice moment. We know her relationship with Tony, like, obviously Clint. And then, of course, she's the one that brings in Hulk, which is awesome because they play with that relationship yeah. a lot. Which is, um, Yeah, that was really cool. And, and I was, like, paying a lot of attention, or trying to anyway, to, like, the small, like, background lines and stuff. So, in of course, like, the whole scene where they're all arguing in the room where the scepter is. And you hear... Banner, I think, say, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. has Captain America, like, on security watch or something. And you hear Natasha be like, well, we have everybody under watch, basically. And you yeah. kind of, like, you get the sense of, like, you Like, know, everyone's a threat. Right. Basically. And that, of course, like, makes a lot of sense after watching Winter Soldier and seeing yeah. how S.H.I.E.L.D. approaches, <laughs> like, global security. Um, I do love this, like journey for banner like that he's being like this doctors without borders basically yeah. and i think it's really sweet and i do think it's kind of messed up they brought him out of there <laughs> it is he i was, mean they was, needed him he's probably doing good over there but i think that um this is probably like the best banner we get out well, of any of these Mark movies Ruffalo. well of course Mark <laughs> Ruffalo, but i mean like after this he really like lean towards like being the comic relief when he's not Hulk and not that there's anything wrong with that. And you still get like a bit of him having like a darker edge in age of Ultron, but like in infinity war, like banner is a non character. What about Ragnarok? Ragnarok, you know, <laughs> he's comic relief in Ragnarok. I know. Yeah. Like he's so just, this is not the best banner for sure. Absolutely. Like Hulk, you could say like Hulk comes into his own as a character later on, but like, the banner that we get here, the way that, like, the whole introduction scene with Natasha is so good. When he's like, I'm going to test to see, like, what happens if I get mad at you. And she's, like, clearly shaken. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe that, too. Like, she is scared of It's Hulk. the only thing that we see her shaken by ever, really. Like, yeah. it happens later in the movie, too. But, um... 
I I also like how they don't really worry about the whole like it's a different actor like they're kind of like you'll figure it out and like he doesn't have to be like Ed Norton like he's doing his own thing right but it's like clearly the same character like the Dr. Banner is like kind of a steadfast like nerd and I think we get that from Ed Norton although a little bit more he was like too much of a spy like he was so ready to be a spy we talked about that when we watched more of a badass than Incredible Hulk but Ruffalo um, Banner is Um, yeah and I think they definitely benefited from the fact that the Incredible Hulk was not like well received huge (laughs) success like, if that had had Iron Man level of success, then they would have had a problem. Maybe. They still could have done it, but it definitely helped them just kind of. And they didn't have to wink at the audience like they did with Don Cheadle in Iron Man 2. They just yeah went right ahead with it. Um, so we keep getting our, like, introductions of the team. Yep. We have um, Cap. Hitting, hitting the sack, you know? <laughs> and my main note about this is, like, Chris Evans looks even hotter in this movie, and then with every movie after, he just looks a little bit hotter. Man, he just, like, like, fine wine. Um, and I love, like, his evolution of outfits, too. Like, when he shows up in the, at, like, base, he's, like, wearing, like, a 1950s... He's got, like, pleated like, pants. Yes. Like... And, like, a high belt. And I... And, like, the jacket is, like, a jacket, like, my dad owns. Like, that (laughs) khaki, like, zip... I don't know what that style... It's kind of like a bomber jacket, but, like, not as cool. The Steve special. Um, Yeah, Steve, Steve. Um, But it's really just, like, funny. And then he just gets... I mean, obviously, by the end of this movie, he's, like, on his motorcycle. But, like... I think they do a really good job of, like, easing him into modern times because he gets hit pretty quick. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he does. And I can't wait till you get him and Sam. Can't wait. Such a good pairing. And, yeah, I just just love his character so much. And even though it's, like, you have to deal with him wearing uh, Coulson's (laughs) fanboy-derived costume for this movie, it's still, it's so fun. I don't... I don't get upset about the um, outfits like <laughs> other people on the internet do. <laughs> it's just, look, I, I it's still by far the worst costume that he has of any of the ones that he wears in the MCU, but I'm not going to hate on it too much. I just like the Winter Soldier one a lot. Okay? He doesn't have his notebook in this movie, or does he? Is he taking notes? No, that doesn't pop up here. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good idea, I think, of the... The Russo's Hatter. I actually don't know who... Oh, I guess Joss Whedon wrote and directed this. So the team that wrote um, Captain America, the first Avenger, were the ones that came back to do Winter Soldier, and then they kept working with the Russo's, so they did Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame. I know, but in Avengers 2, he must have it, right? Or no? I don't think we see it. Oh, okay. Because I guess it's just like, they must have judged that to be a... That's a Captain America character thing, and... They didn't need to throw it in with the, the ensemble movies, but... Because um, that's the next time we see Cap, right? Is Avengers 2? Yeah. Oh, wait. No. <laughs> what am I saying? No, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier's before Avengers 2? Yep. Everybody gets... Really? So everybody gets another movie before Avengers 2. So Iron Man 3, Thor 2, and Captain I always America, think Winter of Winter Soldier. Soldier being much more, like, modern than... 
Age of Ultron. <laughs> it is, but it took, it, yeah, huh. it came out the year before. But it still is <laughs> more modern and better. Okay, well, then I know he has the notebook in. Yeah. That one. No, he has it does, it, this doesn't matter. It. I was just thinking about it. You don't see it in what? Age of Ultron. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we might. We'll see. Yeah, maybe I'm forgetting. Um, so then we get the scene with Loki in Germany. Another thing that was referenced pretty strongly. Hold on. Oh, wait. We jumped ahead. Where are you at? His first name is Agent. Oh, how could I forget? We get Tony's intro, re-intro. Um, that was my only note from that scene, but... Um, he just brute forces his way into the elevator. Oh, and we, we talked about this because it does get mentioned again. Uh, so my note that I had regarding the cellist was not super accurate. But um, for any of our fans that have watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they take a lot from the limited time that we see Coulson in these movies to give him more of a character in the show. Um, so the cellist that Pepper asks him about, and then Tony mentions again after his death is in the show, uh, which I always thought was like a fun little thing. You know, they're like, okay, we have six lines of dialogue hinting to him being a person outside of shield. So let's run with it. Of course, this is all before Captain Marvel. Yes. Um, the, I, one of the thoughts I had was their base is very red room. It is. It's like literally a flying space, not spaceship, flying, uh, city. Oh, they call it the hell carrier. Yeah. Um, so again, the writers were really looking at this movie. I think when they were writing Black Widow, and uh, now I wish that we had seen the Red Room using the reflective stealth panels that the helicarriers use so I wouldn't have had a bone to pick about how no one's fucking seen the giant flying fortress before. Well, they have reflectors. On the Red Room? Oh, no. That's what I meant. Oh, they probably do, though, too. Sure. Um, okay, yeah, now I'm at, yeah, basically... The scene that you... Don't like the eyeball. With Loki. Yeah. Most brutal thing that Loki does. Uh, and of course, they, they bring that up in the show, being like, well, you had a smile on your face when you were <laughs> gouging that guy's eye out. So uh, they, they had to grapple with that. But another, another great scene, I like the like, classical music that's playing while he's beating the shit out of people. And then you get that badass old man refusing to kneel. Yeah. What a boss. And the introduction of um, Cap and Tony in the same place for the first time is fun, too. Because, oh, well, I was sorry. I was just thinking, like, they are in Germany Yeah. when this is happening. That's true. And that guy's like, we are not doing this again. Yep, yep. I was there the first time. Nope. Yeah. Um, not not too subtle. <laughs> but no. It was good. Not at all. all but, you know, it gets the point across. Um, and I think, like... It's it's fun that they brought in the the ACDC for Iron Man because they didn't really stick with that. I don't Iron I don't, Man 3 must have had some, but what? They're playing uh Shoot to Thrill like over the Quinjet speakers. They just like to use ACDC for like Tony Stark's like rock star thing, but that was mostly in the first one, I feel like, and then they started they to move it away at, from like, that. The World Fair or whatever. I think so. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, like in, in Spider-Man Far From Home, 
they'd have Happy playing it in the Quinjet, and Peter's like, I love Led Zeppelin. I uh, don't remember any of this, but I believe you all the same. Um, did you have other stuff about like Thor coming in and all of the Thor cap? Honestly, like my, I don't have two and a half pages of notes. Obviously, the entire scene where Thor comes to Earth and steals Loki from the Quinjet is fantastic. Um, Loki being like, I'm, I'm listening. listening. Yeah. There's so many good one-liners in this. I just can't. I was laughing, and I've seen this so many it's times. Still, it just holds up. And, of course, like, I just like that whole sequence with Thor giving Iron Man's suit 400% power and then Cap being like, put the hammer down. <laughs> and it's just... And, of course, like, Cap being, like, the adult in the room. Basically, are we done? We're done. But Thor's always pretending like he is. Like, oh, these silly little fights. I'm like, Petty humans. We just saw Thor. Come on. (laughs) We know. Asgardians are the pettiest of us all. Um, But I like how much this movie also is tying in with Civil War. Like, they have really laid the scenes, the seeds, in the scenes here between... Obviously, Tony and Cap, like, they have a very different way of how they operate. Um, And they introduce this idea of, like, Iron Man, or Tony's basically like, I don't follow the rules. Like, I'm gonna, like, break into their system. And then Cap's like, well, we have orders to follow. And, like, even though then Cap proceeds to also, like, break the rules, but, like, they kind of set it up, like caps like the rule follower and iron man's the like loose cannon then i kind of like how they flip that on its head in civil war where tony all of a sudden is like we have to follow the rules and caps like no like if i've learned anything from you it's that we shouldn't do that they just do such an organic job of putting them in that place because and like yes they can obviously work together but there is such bad foundation there right it starts bad it stays like tenuous at best and you have cap saying to tony like you're not the guy to make the sacrifice play and then that's exactly what tony does several times is put himself on the line so that like changes him but um and i think tony just like has so much resentment towards captain america because of his own daddy issues obviously and that and then compounded by like the guilt that he has like in every movie after this it's just it's that's so true that they like they switch places basically. Yeah. But it's very believable. Yeah, it's not like, oh, where is this coming from? But like, I don't know, they but they the way that they're fighting is just sticks sticks with them yeah. throughout and um obviously like that was the whole crux of this movie was like none of these people get along like they're such strong personalities and it's like yes, they can work together when they need to, but they are they're not. not friends. Yeah, they are not good. And the closest thing is like the party at the beginning of the second Avengers. Yeah, like, which is nice. Voluntarily spending social time together. That's one of my favorite scenes. Is that party? Oh, scene. for sure. It's it's nice. Like cause... I don't want them to fight. Like I hate Civil War for that reason. I mean, I don't hate the movie, but I it's not my favorite because of that. Um, but I I don't know. I think it's just good. I think it's good. Um, connections between all of these movies like i think they do a really good job of creating this like mcu obviously and again just 
not, I'm sorry, DC Universe, for doing this, but like, that's just the cohesion that DC is missing between their movies. Even when they had like Justice League, like, it didn't seem like the Justice League writers had even watched the other movies. Like, yeah. they just were like, well, we know what we have to do for this movie, so we're just going to write it how we need to. You know what? I just... Because, like, of course, it's it's impossible to not make that comparison when DC tried to ape the MCU. And I always think to myself, like, well, they tried to do it in, like, such a short amount of time. But Iron Man 2008, Avengers 2012, and they had all these characters cohesively come together. They made those movies quickly, and they did them well. And then DC had Man of Steel in 2013, Justice League in 2017, and they only managed to make, what, like, two movies in that interim? Justice League, Suicide Squad was not even part of it, and then Wonder Woman, and it's just like... What? It's not, I feel like it's not even about the number of movies, It's though. not. You're, you're right, it's not. I mean, because they could have done, like, Zack Snyder's Justice League did it a little bit better, even though it was four hours long. They, the, the potential was there. They just, I don't think they understood like what Marvel did to, to set those connections up. Yeah. Even Zack Snyder's one was like good, but it didn't feel like I was watching a culmination of like, I had seen Wonder Woman. I was like, this is like a different Wonder Woman. Like, I don't feel like this is Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman. Like, like there's no, like. This yeah. is the character Wonder Woman who we know, but it's not the world we've been entered into. Right. Like, you really don't need to have seen Wonder Woman. Yeah. Because it gives you nothing. It tells you, it informs nothing. And that, like, for, for Superman and Batman, yes, ob- like, for obvious reasons. But, yeah. This, this movie has some sort of, like, real uh, magic about it that it was just, like, and the, it has all different writers, so yeah. like it's not even about that. Yeah, no, they just. But they do pay attention, or at least some. Like maybe it's just Kevin Feige of it all, but like there is someone paying attention and making sure that they're staying on message. Basically, right. this is the best political campaign. <laughs> like we have a message and we're sticking to it. Ah uh, yes, they just really nailed it, and it it still you still get that feeling watching it now. Now, now that I've criticized other stuff, I will um, just cop to something that I've misunderstood for for years. Um, whenever Black Widow is always talking about wanting to clean her ledger and that she's here because she wants to like clean her ledger, I always thought that meant like literally she's going to get a free like a they're going to like give her immunity basically uh, like she has to like literally like clean her ledger or whatever like her ledger's red and like cuz they kind of do that in the third batman with Anne Hathaway like she's like trying to like basically clear her name from like all systems yeah and i thought that that's what it meant when Scarlet or when um Natasha was saying that and like it took until watching Black Widow that I understood that clean your ledger just meant like make up for it it's like (laughs) she's just trying to redeem herself yeah (laughs) 
She's an indentured servitude with shield because she killed too well, many kinda. people. Well, kind of. I mean... And, like, kind of she is. I mean, she's not necessarily indentured servant, but, like, they basically did blackmail her into joining shield. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, that's when she was like, Barton had other ideas because he didn't want to kill me. He's like, you know what? I can get you immunity if you go recruit the Hulk for us. There's worse ways of clearing your name, I suppose. Um, it is pretty wild, though, how much Loki has learned about everybody and, like, knows all of them now. Yeah. I mean, in my headcanon, that guy that is running the show, the, the other, has just, like, a galactic encyclopedic knowledge of everybody. So no, that's... I think it's Clint. Oh, I think Duh. he even Yeah, says of course Clint. it's Clint. That makes way more sense. <laughs> but this other headcanon is still fun. Because Thanos knows who Tony Stark is uh, mm -hmm. in Infinity War. So that's that's my idea. Even though that guy's dead by the time Infinity War rolls around. Like, it still makes sense to me, okay? I mean, I do think, obviously, Thanos starts to, like, know who the Avengers are. But, like, after this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Clint, you fool. I'm just going to come out and say it. I really don't like Tony in this movie. Oh, Tony's an asshole in this movie. I think that's a common theme for me. But, like, I, it has always, always bothered me how much he tries to goad Banner. And I'm like, what are you doing? What is your that end is, game? That is the absolute worst thing he does. I'm like, best case scenario, you get him to Hulk out and, like, everything is ruined. Like, is this just, like, an ego thing? Like, he thinks he can, like beat the hulk like I, he's like i, I want to prove that i, I can do not know i really take do not on the know hulk. i feel like it's just because like banner's so timid he just like can't help himself um and i yeah, mean i think he genuinely wants the hulk to be on their team like he wants the hulk to like yeah, he, like, wants that as a... Because he's, like, still, like, about this Avengers initiative. Right. But this is there's a time and a place, you know? Tony is at his absolute maximum, like, dickhead levels in any of the group movies. Um, like, it's... I think it is definitely the worst in this, but in Age of Ultron... I was gonna say. He is not... That's he's the not worst. pleasant with the other members of the team. And in Infinity War, it's a different story, but... Yeah, it's just, he is just so but I deeply do, annoying. <laughs> I do like their, um, him and Banner's, like, intellectual level that they're at together. Like, that's very enjoyable. And he's like, finally, someone that speaks English. And, then, of course, at the end of the movie, they get into their yeah, car together. I'm like, really good. buddies. Like, he, Banner's not really mad at him for doing that, because he also knows that he can handle it. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is just about Tony proving something to Tony as always. Got that big ass chip on his shoulder. It's not going away. So speaking of that, um, I honestly, cause I, I'm sure we'll talk about our favorite scenes later and I'll spoil mine because the scene where they're all arguing, I already talked about that in front of the scepter is definitely my favorite. Really? Um, I guess like, you know, you you make me like really think about it. I could probably have a couple different ones, but just like off the top right now, just watching it today, I was like, I love this because it tells you like everything about each of these characters and how they view everybody else in that room. And it's just so good. And everybody's talking over each other. And like, this is so 
believable and I love seeing them like kind of they're already completely dysfunctional before they've even had to do anything as a group and I'm like this is Avengers incarnate which is Loki's plan yes and why does Loki want the Hulk to come out like to mess to further like sever ties among them I think it's that and it's just like like a major physical setback for everybody because they spend the entire movie on the helicarrier. So I think Loki knows that if he can get the Hulk to come out, he's just going to tear it to shreds and that's going to put them like on their back foot, which it does. I also forgot that we um, get this like first Thor V Hulk fight scene. Yeah. And I'm just like, I know him from work. <laughs> so good. That's all so I good. could think about. I was like, because we talked about this during the Incredible Hulk movie, but like how Thor and Hulk have such a good fight in, obviously in Ragnarok, but I had forgotten about this one. Yep. Um, so that was really fun. I remember thinking it was really badass when he like hits, Thor hits Hulk with the hammer in slow-mo. And now like, still a great scene, but it seems so like low stakes Compared to when they fight in Ragnarok and they're knocking each other like hundreds of feet. Well, yeah, he doesn't even have his hammer in uh, that one and he yeah. still holds his own. So Thor would definitely beat Hulk. Yeah. Thor, until uh, um, Jeff Goldblum oh, had yeah. other ideas, you know, he w- he won that fight. I mean, and I he basically won it here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't no, know where... Hulk, Hulk pieced out. He jumped off the helicarrier. Otherwise. Well, they, yeah, somebody started shooting him, but... Um, yeah. That is also... I still find like the imagery of that scene so funny. The F-35 shooting at Hulk. Hulk jumps onto the jet. The guy tries to eject. He grabs the ejection seat and throws it. And then the jet explodes and you just see Hulk flying through the sky screaming. And then obviously wakes up naked in a pile of rubble. That's a good, that's a good little funny moment when the guy is like, you an alien? <laughs> like, that guy was a, uh, he died a couple of years ago. Very esteemed actor. He I, did great. Yeah. I, I don't know like how he came to be in this, but he was a great touch. It was such time. a good um, little scene. <laughs> He's like, you've got a condition. <laughs> um, to bring it down a little bit, um... One of the my favorite things that they do now in hindsight with Loki in this movie is Phil says it's in your nature to lose. And like that is such a recurring theme in Loki is that he's like supposed to lose. And I love that the writers of Loki, I mean, I assume just like I think that was a direct callback to that line. They had to know. And watching it now, I was like, oh, man, that's so good. Yeah. Good job, Phil. Good job, Agent. He read him like a book. Read him for Phil. <laughs> that was a great like way to go out. Good job, Phil. We're that proud of you. That was really upsetting, though. We we little wee babes had no idea what was coming in the future of these films, but the Phil Coulson death, I mean, it's like the Cedric Diggory death in Harry Potter. It's like, oh, it's not going to be good from here on out, nope. you know? Nope. They, they take the, the sweetest lad of them all and just put a spear through his heart. Exactly. Which makes it all the more crazy that the Loki variant 
from the show is like such a lovable character when it's like in time, you know, not time is all relative at like the TVA and like the Loki yeah, show, but, it but starts. that was recent. <laughs> he merged yeah. Coulson like a week ago. We love him. I mean, if they had tried to do Loki immediately after this, like. No. And of course, like people have thoughts on this that I'm like still seeing. People are going to be hashing that out for a long time about how show Loki uh, behaves versus Avengers Loki. And it's like, well, you know, it's a cop out. But at the end of the day, in Avengers, he was being written to be the genocidal maniac villain. And in the show, he's written to be the protagonist. So, like, we just got to work with it. Well, and we know from the journey of the regular MCU what he goes on. So, like, I feel like we knew he was capable of being the protagonist. And so it just had to be, like, fast-forwarded for the movie. Or for the TV show. So it's like... It's literally what they did. Yes, it's a cop-out, but it's also like, we know that his character is capable of this. Yeah, which so. makes it more believable. Yeah. And he gets to watch his own little like video of his life, so right. that helped. <laughs> While we're still on the Hellcarrier, the scene between Loki and Black Widow is another standout. Like, that... Oh, yeah. It was just... I already know I mentioned it, like... It's a callback to the first scene that we see Black Widow in in this movie. It's just... Thank you so, for your cooperation. So well done. And the step up from doing this like reverse interrogation thing on some like random Russian gangster to the god of mischief himself. It's like, well, who else could do it? Of course he underestimates a human woman. Ah, she's sexist. so good. I love it. I love when she's like... Oh, so that's your plan. <laughs> Very good face acting from her. Like, yeah, it's so good. It catches him off guard, catches the audience off guard. And, of course, we get, like, the, the writers of Black Widow must have been so proud of themselves that they did, like, this whole Dracov's daughter thing, and they're like, ah, we have this Easter egg that we definitely did not do on purpose. Like... <laughs> Back in 2012, let's use it. I mean, it still just makes me so mad that they, whoever was like, no, people won't want her movie. Like, even after this, where she's like, one of the main leads of this movie, like, she really shines in this film. She has a lot of screen time. Like, she's in it more than, like, Thor. Yeah. If... They had released a Black Widow immediately after this, like it would have done so well. Yeah, and it would have been so good, like for the series. They uh, they really fucking blew it. And they could have done like a legit prequel. Yeah, they could have had time to do a prequel in another movie. Yeah, in the time that you know they spent not giving any woman right a movie in the MCU. And then like the is... third Black Widow movie could have been the one we actually got. Yeah. Ah. Ah. Which was still, you know. obviously, great. Another timeline, you know? Yeah. Um, just a funny note on my part is that Cap loves when you put on a suit. He loves telling people to suit up. He just... He, he wants to fight Stark so bad that he tells him to put on the suit like three times in one scene. Yeah, but then like when Clint's there, he's like, oh, do you have a suit? Suit up? <laughs> like, love a uniform? Love an outfit change? You know? I'm just imagining him like looking at... Clinton is fucking tank top. And he's like, that's Suit not up. it. That is not what I said. So does Loki. Loki also likes to suit up. He so does. Likes to do an outfit change. I don't know why he doesn't just have that as his regular outfit. Like, 
why he I, has to like enchant magic or whatever. into it. Yeah. yeah. It's more fun. You know, he likes it the flare. Of course. I mean, he even, he, he rocks the trench coat, you know, he can make anything look good. So why not? All right. I'm at like New York basically. Okay. Um, I don't know if you have stuff before that. Not specifically. Um, I mean, we already talked about the death of the death of Coulson and yeah. Fury the, abusing it immediately. Yeah. Man, Fury clearly got those trading cards from his locker and went back to Coulson's corpse and just smeared blood all over them. I really hope it's not actually Coulson's blood. Cause that's dark. Yeah, it is. I hope that's some red paint he found, but I do love that. That's just like a bit of characterization that we get from Fury because it was, you know, it would be easy to be like, no, he had them on. It's very poetic, like, avenge him. But it's just, like, that extra, like, slightly cynical, like, twist of him being, like, I'm going to manipulate them <laughs> into having to work together over shared guilt of getting this guy killed. Whatever works. Um... I think it's insane that the quote-unquote council is like, yeah, we have nothing else to do but put a nuclear bomb on New York City. The The World Security Council is like, in my opinion, not touched on enough in yeah. these movies because they're like... They're the villains. They're incredibly powerful. The most we get is that one of them is a character in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like, one of the guys that's... the Actually, the, like, the one that talks the most in this. But um, aren't they, like, the major plot of Civil War? Um, well, no, Civil War's just the U.N. They don't even really talk about them, the World Security Council. The I Sokovia Accords is all U.N. I know, but I, isn't that... Aren't they, like, branched from this? Um, I don't know. Like, when Black Widow's, like, got that woman's face on? Oh, that's in, um... Uh, Winter Soldier, and I think oh, that I think I you're meant. right. I think that is the World Security Council. Yeah, that's what I meant. So I I guess it makes sense because after uh, Winter Soldier, I guess they would have been disbanded. Yeah. So, but well, still, because like, what's his name? Um, is Hydra Robert Redford's? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all hopeless after that. But I am like, damn, like, you know, you kind of think Nick Fury is the head of it, but he's just working for these five people. I mean, he's just the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. I have a general question about how comms work. <laughs> um, can they hear everything? Like, or how do they know when it's on? Because Stark is talking to them like, I'm going to sacrifice myself. No big deal. Don't worry about me. And then he's immediately like calling Pepper. I'm like, would they have all heard that convo? Like, how do you know when to tune in? I... <laughs> I really don't know. I'm pretty sure that um, a YouTube channel did a, like, quote-unquote, honest trailer for The Winter Soldier where they had the Russo brothers on, like, talking about why they made the choices that they made. And I think that they intentionally had them all wearing earpieces that mm -hmm. they would interact with when they were talking to each other because they like, said... press it. Like, people watched The Avengers and they were like, how the fuck are people talking to each other miles apart um so i think yes uh if he had called pepper they would have heard it but because it's iron man he probably had it built into his suit and could have like deactivated his mic or something 
That's true. You know, as an explanation. But they definitely do just... Maybe there's yelling really loud, you know? And just a follow-up note to that, the pepper of it all. Like, if there was, like, aliens coming out of the sky, I would not be in a fucking airplane. You know, I guess it all happened very quickly. Well, and I know she's, like, in D.C., probably, like, headed back to, like, L.A. or something. But, like, I would not be in an airplane. Yeah. I'd be like, we're going to land Ground that now. Shit expeditiously. I agree with you. Like, I don't... It doesn't even matter where you are. You could be in a completely different country. No, you don't know where this Chitauri are going to end up. I do wonder how long the Battle of New York happened in real time. Like, you know? three hours? I think they may have even said it um, in a deleted scene in Endgame. Um, they're like talking to Rocket about it because Rocket is chastising them for having such trouble against the Chitari. <laughs> Which I think they had to delete that scene because they're like, why is Rocket emasculating the Avengers right now? That makes sense for his character. He's like, you guys didn't know that you could just blow up the mothership and it would kill them all? And they're like, no! We didn't know! It's a long part of the movie. Like, that is the only part that I, watching it again, I'm like, okay, I don't really care about this. Like, I liked all the stuff before the big like yeah of course seeing it for like the first couple times it was very exciting but now on a rewatch i'm like we, we can just fast forward <laughs> right and like i like we've we've watched the avengers a lot and i do remember like at least yeah one time being like okay like i'm really enjoying this and then they get like it starts building up to new york and i'm like holy shit there's still 30 minutes left <laughs> yeah but I, I did I did enjoy it this time. And, you know, everybody gets to to whip out their best skills. Hawkeye holds his own. Good for him. And then him. he runs out of arrows, which has been my one of my always which has always been a worry for me, a concern. Yeah. You know, he doesn't bring enough. He really does not bring enough. That that thing does only holds like twenty arrows in it. I love Sweet Boy Hulk. He's the best. Such a sweet boy. He saves... Such an angry boy. He saves uh, Tony. And then and screams really him sweet. back to life. Yeah, he saves him twice. Yeah. Which I think, you know, they they have like this whole thing where they're talking about um, why Banner is still alive when he first meets with Natasha. He's like, well, I'm being kept alive for a reason. We don't know what that reason is. And, you know, I, I said when we were watching it, I was like, oh, it's so we can come back and... You know, obviously they didn't plan, but you know, he had the gamma radiation, he could withstand the infinity gauntlet, so there's his fate. But for this one, it's just you know, he's the only one that can scream loud enough to wake Tony up. And uh that's what he was needed for. When when the Hulk gets called, you know, to save a life, he, he answers it. He heeds that call. Also I do like when Banner first shows up and he just like immediately transforms into Hulk because Almost any other time we see it, he's, like, fighting it. Mm -hmm. This is one of the few times where he just, like, basically walks into being the Hulk. Um, yeah. Which was kind of cool. It's probably helpful that, like, of course we have the, the moment on the helicarrier where he can't help but become Hulk. But at the end of, like, the Hulk movie, he has, like, learned to control it and kind of, like, use it on demand. 
A little um, bit. A little bit. But you could argue that like he's kind of still like off that. And then in all the movies after this, he's being put in situations where the choice is less of a choice and more of a necessity. Or it's like he's gets like hit or something he's like responding with the hulk yeah like we don't usually see him like literally like walking into being the hulk right and then of course we get his whole like you know trouble with it which is fun um and then i don't like what they decide to do that's a that's a conversation for another time yes um my last like actual note is i think it's a weird spot for them to like send off loki and thor they're just like in the middle of central park and they're like people around and they're like we'll just leave from here also the fact that that scene is like being like narrated by fury being like i'm not tracking the avengers and the council who are presumably like pretty much all powerful are like we don't know where they are i'm like guys they're in new york they're they're all together in new york they have flashy cars like yeah, they're driving an Acura TM. A lot of Acura product placement in this one. They have different cars for different movies. They like do. They do a whole Audi. Audi's in it a lot. And then I think BMW is Black Widow. WandaVision was fucking Buick. She oh, yeah, drove, that was She drives a Buick. It's a TV show money, you know. Uh-huh. Poor Wanda. She didn't get the supercar money. That's a Buick? Yeah, that is correct. Yep. Like, yeah, I'm no, in the that's, Buick. that's definitely a Buick. I'm not, that's not a question. Um, yeah, but it's, uh, it's all good. We get a little shawarma at the end. A little shawarma. A little Thanos smile. Yeah. Uh, and Those, get, like, uh, nerdy comic boys freaked out when they whoo. saw that little grin. And I, I, and everyone else was like, who, who is that? Who's that purple fuck? What does Quill call him in Infinity Word? Ball sack chin or something? Very much. Um, the whole like line that they have the other deliver to Thanos in this is like a callback to how he, like Thanos' plot in the comics, which I'm so happy they didn't do. And like the Infinity Gauntlet, he was like, I am going to impress death. The personification of death, who is a woman, Thanos wants to impress her and is like, I can impress her by getting the Infinity Gauntlet and <laughs> killing everybody, basically. And, like, just has this whole thing, which I, I, I think it read better in the comics than it ever would if they tried to adapt it. Just He's like, I'm not going to use all of my power because I want to be strong so death sees that I'm, like, a badass. And so in this, they're like, to, to challenge them is to court death. Ah. So people are like, eh, but... It's just a, they, a, a wink. They must have taken one look at that and been like, there is no way. We like this line. They thought Some people thought Hela was going to be like a stand-in for death, and I was like, please no. So I do think they got rid of Hela too soon. For sure, for sure. But I also don't think that would have been like believable. I didn't need a Hela-Thanos romance. No, no, not at all. <laughs> I just meant like as a villain. For like, sure. She, <laughs> she was, was just gone too soon. Yeah. Um, every time you said... Um, impress uh, death. I thought you were going to say impregnate. And I was like, yikes. Probably that too, you know? I don't know. Um, And I don't have a lot of trivia on this, even though I'm sure there's a trillion interesting pieces of Avengers trivia. But you mentioned the shawarma post-credit scene. 
Um, which of course is just like a classic, like nothing, just seeing them hang no out. No one even you know. says anything. Still, I thought one person was going to be like, this is really good. Not even necessary. <laughs> it um, wasn't. It wasn't. The, when the movie premiered in Hollywood, they did a press conference a couple days afterward. And Robert Downey Jr. at that press conference were like, we're actually not done the movie like we're shooting another scene tonight and it was the shawarma scene. So when it premiered, that wasn't, they had not filmed it yet, which is so crazy to me. Um, I don't know like why, why they decided to go back and do that. Um, I guess the, the original script had Tony Stark waking up when the Hulk yells and being like, what's next. But then he decided to like, edit it and do like that little Some exchange improv. about the shawarma. So that wound up having to do this extra scene, which is so funny. It was worth it. But yeah. I know that everyone always talks about Chris Evans had like a beard from like another movie. So he had to like cover his face the whole time. Yeah. He was shooting um, Snowpiercer. Oh, and the, uh, the please tell me nobody kissed me. That was like another like added on. I'm sure there's line. a couple of improv things. Oh yeah, plenty. I hope that the cast was friends in IRL. I really hope so too. You know, because of course, like, it didn't have to be, but it seems. I know that Mark Ruffalo on... is friends with everybody because he's always like Instagramming he, about everyone's birthday. He's Mark Ruffalo. So. I mean, but. I mean, I understand. Like at the end of the day, these people are coworkers, but when you're working on he's stuff, he's a friend to, from work. When you're working on stuff together for so long, you know. I would, I would want to be buddies with all of them, but then again, you're probably also spending so much time with them on set. You're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're cool, but I'm going to go hang out with literally anyone else. All right, so let's um, do some wrap-ups. Yes. You got any games for us? Well, I was trying to think during it, so we obviously get a lot of head-to-heads in this, like of them fighting each other. Um, but I was trying to think, like, who from a different universe or a different, like, franchise would, like, make a good team member? Like, if you had to add one person to the team, and it has to be someone that would, like, have a strong personality, I feel like, and that would, you know, like, fight with them and all that stuff. This is tough. And then at, and a second question is, like, who should the Avengers fight from, like, a different... Like, what's another villain that they could have fought as their first, you know, test? Okay. Instead of Loki. I would like, and I hope this will still happen because it's it's Marvel, but it's on the MCU, was to see them fight Doctor Doom. I want a Doctor Doom because he, like, of course we see him in Fantastic Four, both Fantastic Fours, and he's kind of lame. He gets smoked by a fire hydrant. But I think, like, Real Doctor Doom, like, leader of a country, Doctor Doom would be such a great villain for the Avengers. Um, I mean, like, an obvious, like, asshole that would, like, fit in would be, like, Batman. Especially Ben Affleck's Batman. Yeah. I mean, I guess they already have this, like, in Avengers 2, but also, like, The Flash would be a good addition. Yeah. You know, let me see Hellboy. Let me see Hellboy in the Avengers. That would be funny. Or I, I was even like Blade. Like anybody like any of these characters that are just like 
Look, I know that there are characters in the Avengers that are just, like, murking people. Like, it's not... They don't have, like, a no-kill code. But somebody like Blade, who is, like... <laughs> just it's like, savage. Just, yeah, just, like, slice people's heads off. And everybody has to be like, um... <laughs> we, don't we don't do, do that. that. <laughs> I feel like Nick Fury would be like, okay, like, <laughs> why don't the rest of you guys go ahead and work like that? I don't think any of the X-Men would make, like, a great team with them. No. They would not get along. Yeah, but not even like in a fun way. No. They just... Wolverine would be interesting, I guess. Wolverine could be like begrudgingly coerced into working with them, but he wouldn't be happy about it. It would be... It would take a lot. It would be funny to see like Storm and Thor fight, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Too much lightning in one place. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say... Like Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, and I think that would be entertaining. But I mean, one of the greatest villains of all time is obviously Magneto, so that would be interesting. Agreed. And that would be like, you know, I, I Magneto like, like with his team. Yeah, and maybe not like the classic "I'm going to betray you" three quarters of the way through the movie move from all the X Men. <laughs> like, I just want to see him work together. What do you mean? Magneto always betrays somebody and then maybe goes back on that betrayal but you know him and him and professor x are never on the same side for an entire movie oh well they're not supposed to but no i don't mean that team i mean magneto's team like mystique Uh, and like his crew yeah um yeah like if you throw mystique in there fuck the fuck with them for sure they're not ready for that i have a couple more fun pieces of trivia Okay. If, if I, uh, so I guess uh, the the whole cast was not together all that often. Obviously, a lot of people not always shooting on the same days. Um, but on one night when everybody was in town at the same time, Chris Evans sent the entire cast a text message just saying "assemble," <laughs> and they all went out together. And Clark Gregg, who played Coulson, has stated that that is his favorite text message that he has ever received. <laughs> Um, the, that man is playing Galaga line was ad-libbed and they added in the effects of the guy playing Galaga after that because... Who was playing Galaga? You know, they're on the Hell Carrier and Tony Stark's addressing the room and he's like, that man's playing Galaga. He didn't think we would notice, but he did. And then when he leaves, you see it pans back over to the guy and he like hits a button and Galaga comes up on his screen and he starts playing it again. I I heard the line, but I didn't know what it was referencing to. Like, I missed him, like, actually playing yeah. it. Um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. had food all over the set and would just eat it constantly, and nobody could figure out where he was hiding it. So they were like, okay, I guess you could just do it. So anytime he's eating in the movie, it's actually his food, and it's not part of the script. That's a Brad Pitt thing. Yeah. Um, Joss Whedon was the one that suggested having Thanos kind of overseeing Loki instead of Loki just doing it himself. Um, When the missile gets called in, the pilot says detonation in two minutes and 30 seconds, and then it's actually two minutes and 30 seconds until the bomb goes off. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. (laughs) I love real timing in movies. It's pretty cool. Um... Ant-Man and the Wasp were going to be in this, but they got cut from the script. 
because uh, there are too many characters. Yeah, that would have been a lot. And the writers didn't want to add them until Ant-Man's movie came out. So Yeah, that would but have been a lot to try and I guess Ant-Man and the Wasp were founding Avengers members in the comics. What? So that's why he the older Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. I think Hank. It, I think it would have been Hank if they had gotten to do this. It wouldn't. He wouldn't have been that old. But in two thousand twelve versus twenty. Well, they, they wouldn't have cast Michael Douglas. They probably would have cast somebody Paul Rudd's age, but said he was Hank Pym instead. I do kind of wish they'd introduced Hank Pym as a character before Ant Man. Yeah. Uh, or at least like talked about him more. Uh, I think was, that would have made a good tie Hank Pym also created Ultron in the comics. So, you know, there's like all this uh, stuff that... Yeah. Know. And they still could have had Michael Douglas because obviously it's Michael Douglas, but... At least they still had like the flashbacks. Yeah, no, they did know, a good job of like... Being like he was here. And then in the end game, they had him show up again. And it's like, okay, this guy has been here. Yeah. He's been around. And it like made sense like why they didn't get along, but... Yeah. I do think they could have done better. Anything else to say on this one? Favorite. Well, you already said your favorite scene. Yeah, how about yours? I think it's probably when Thor comes in and they fight Thor and uh, we get a lot of good quips and like Loki's just like waiting. Just sitting there, just watching. Shakespeare in the park? (laughs) Doth mother know you weareth her drapes? Another ad lib. From Tom? No, from Robert Downey Jr. Oh. Um... Yeah, good stuff. Um, who's your fave? Who do you want to be from this? Oh, man. Um, I'm saying Thor for me. Is it, It's just powers, right? It's just nothing powers. else. Yeah, I would have to... I would take Thor. I mean, he's got... He's, he's jacked. He can fly. That's it. Anybody else, you know, I, I, I've already talked about, like, Captain America's power set being, like, kind of, like, useful, but, like, not that flashy. And then you're left with Hulk. No. Loki. Loki. Maybe Loki, but I think I would rather, I would rather be Thor's powers than Loki if I had to choose an Asgardian. Um, a Hawkeye. Yeah, I'll take a Hawkeye. You do love Hawkeye. I do, but I don't want his powers. Um, what powers? He's really good at he aiming. He just has skill. Like, he's very skilled. He you know? doesn't... He, he doesn't could be the powers. He could be the world's best golfer. You know? He says that. He's like, I tried I tried golfing. Played 18, shot 18. I'm like, why are you not playing on the PGA Cup, my man? It's just not that fun for him. That would pay more than working for a shield does. I can guarantee you that. I know that you don't really like the nanotech that they introduce for... Iron Man, but watching this, I was like, they really need a different option for him. Like, he can't be, like, waiting for this suit the whole time. Is it slow and clunky? Yes. But the effects for it were, like, so, like, well done. Like, yeah, practically for him, no bueno. Like, the the nanotech is obviously better. But I love, like, the stuff, like, flying down to meet him, like, as he's falling out of the tower and stuff. It was, like, very intricate. And now it's just kind of like he hits a button and he's covered in an Iron Man suit, you know, but he would have been dead several times over if he hadn't upgraded his suit to that point. So I'll give him that. All right. Well, this has been really fun. So good to get to this seminal point in the MCU and comic book movies overall. Uh, You know, it's only uphill from here. Where do we go from here? We got Iron Man 3. 
We got Thor 2. Mm. We got... Does Thor 2 come out before Iron Man 3? No. Iron Man 3 is immediately after this. Um, Thor 2. Captain America 2. Guardians of the Galaxy. And then Age of Ultron. Ant-Man. Of course. And then MCU Watch Through has been great so far. Looking forward to more of it. Um, But we will definitely be hitting some of our other series. You know, dip back into X-Men. Get around to Fantastic Four. Uh, We got plenty of good stuff lined up for y'all. Leave us a review if you'd be so kind. Drop us a note. Um, If you got any questions or comments. Yeah, any requests. Uh, Things we didn't think about or talk about. Yeah, I mean, please, we we take our notes, but if there's something that we missed and that you want us to talk about, please let us know because we would be happy to address it. And until next time, we are out of the superverse. superverse.